Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we're covering the Artificer subclass, The Alchemist. Hey Brian. Hey Will. How you doing today? I am fucking excellent, dude. Uh, this batch has been fun. We record our episodes in batches. We do. Which we is do. why the last few YouTube videos have the same background. It's of time efficient. Insulation. It's, yeah, it's time efficient for two people with full time jobs and family. Yeah, support um, us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, Brian, or I will ask you this: What year is it, Brian? It's the year of my best fucking friends. <laughs> Absolutely, Brian. And what summer is it? It's a summer of people that build. In, and cast, yeah, yeah and feist artfully. Yeah, they, they do absolutely. It's somewhere with artificer guys. How many people artificer. did I offend by chopping up the word artificer like that? I think it was good. I think it was clever. I think it won't over well with most people. I th- yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. So this today, is from the past. So let's see. We've covered the battlesmith, which was kind of a, a frontliner with with metal pow. Yeah, uh, and kind of a little bit healer. Like a Beastmaster, like uh, a Ranger combat, con- yeah, combat medic meets Beastmaster Ranger. Right, yeah, then, they're they're healing and they're repairing. Indeed. Uh, then we cover the artillerist with our good friend Robert Hartley, who did an amazing job. Thank you, Robert, for coming on the show. Uh, where we discovered that mechanical sheep were possible, and they also have flamethrowers on their backs. Yes, um, because as the, they all should. The artillerist was heavy firepower. Mm-hmm. Well, today we're getting chemical, sexy cannon. Lives. We're get we're getting scientific today. Okay. Um, an alchemist is an expert at combining reagents to produce mystical effects. Alchemists use their creations to give life and to leech it away. Alchemy is the oldest of the artificer traditions, and its versatility has long been valued during times of war and peace. They can make farts smell like whatever they want. Absolutely, they can. Yeah. A uh, tool proficiency. Tool proficiency at level three. When you take this subclass, uh, you get this proficiency. You gain the proficiency with alchemist supplies. Okay. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) If you already have this proficiency, you gain proficiency with one other type of artisan tools of your choice, like the loot or wood carvers or. I think in the brewer supplies. Brewer supplies. That's I always pick those when I'm like a dwarf or or a fighter. Yeah, uh, battle master calligraphy like like Sokka Mm -hmm. from uh, Last Airbender. You know, uh, I might have misspoke on the artillerist episode about like listing tools as 
proficiencies, like mm-hmm. you're proficient with this tool or supply or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, because that woodcarver thing kind of caught me off yeah, guard. Was, and I was like, yeah. well, I only really see that with the rogue. But wouldn't an alchemist wizard have proficiency with the, this set of tools as well, supplies? Well, there is there is no alchemist wizard subclass. Uh, No? There's no. no school of alchemy? No, not a thing. What is it? Uh, No, no, no. What's the thing that substitutes in for it? It's um transmutation. Transmutation. I don't remember if it comes with tool proficiency. It might, but I don't think I'll so. Have to look at that. Yeah, I may. Have I misspoke. do not think so. Okay, but it's possible. I haven't looked at the wizard in. An, it's an been age, a time. An age. Yeah. Um. At level three, you also get some alchemist spells. So you have. Uh. You always have certain spells prepared for you. Uh, prepared after you reach particular levels in this class, as shown in the alchemist spells table. These spells count as artificer spells for you, but they do not count against the number of artificer spells that you know. Um, at level three, you get Healing Word and Ray of Sickness. Uh, at fifth level, you get Flaming Sphere and Melf's Acid Arrow. At level nine, you get Gaseous Form and Mass Healing Word. At level 13, you get Blight and Death Ward. And at level 17, you get Cloud Kill and Raise Dead. Okay, some uh, dichotomy here. Yeah, and a lot of... I, uh, these are very easily reflavored into like healing potions or, or poisons that you can brew. Um, right, which is so. recommended you do for artificers, right? You, Indeed. Instead of casting spells, you unlock magic from items to do these mm-hmm. th- same effects. Yep, exactly right. Um, at level three, you also get your first major feature called Experimental Elixir. Beginning at third level, whenever you finish a long rest, you can magically produce an experimental elixir in an empty flask you touch. Roll on the experimental elixir table for the elixir's effect, which is triggered when someone drinks the elixir. As an action, a creature can drink the elixir or administer administer it to an incapacitated creature. Now, what does that fit in with, like, when you want to drink a healing potion and, like, it's cool to do it as a bonus action at your table? Like, can't you use that justification to make this be a bonus action rather than an action? I mean, it's tough, the, right? The, the the answer is like logically, yes, that makes sense, right? Because you're just drinking a thing. If it should take the same amount of action, but I, I guess the reason this takes an action for mechanical purposes is that it's much more potent than a healing potion. Yeah, I mean, mechanically, which I that's don't like. I don't like that. I don't like that. Would you lift it? If I don't know. Let's yeah. keep reading, and maybe I'll decide. Okay. Um, Creating an experimental elixir requires you to have alchemist supplies on your person, and any elixir you create with this feature lasts until it is drunk or until (coughs) the end of your next long rest. When you reach certain level... Whoops. Oh, gosh. When you reach certain levels in this class, you can make more elixirs at the end of a long rest. Two at 6th level, three at 15th level. Roll for each elixir's effect separately. Each elixir requires its own flask. You can build magic items and, like, do crazy, like, chemical conjurations but like you can't double a batch until level six <laughs> yeah seriously i also find it interesting that you don't know what you're making the whole idea here is you're supposed to roll because you don't know it's experimental oh that's that's strange it is it, it's i can kind of get into it but the more i'm reading the more i'm like this should be a bonus action there's a there's a lot of like caveats and control factors like just make it a bonus action to okay use, okay if you ask me well maybe yeah. your regular actions are too powerful <clears throat> to make this a bonus action could it be the like? It's not that this is so powerful, but you already have you already things. have a very limited amount of these. That's true. Mm. You can create additional experimental elixirs by expending spell slot, a first level or higher for each one. When you do so, you can use your action to create the elixir in an empty flask you touch, and you choose the elixir's effect from the elixir. Okay, in this case, you choose it before it said roll for it. 
All right. Well, let's let's see what these experimental elixir effects are. Okay. Because it looks like we have six of them. The first one is healing. The drinker regains the number of hit points equal to 2d4 plus your intelligence modifier. Okay. That's pretty solid. Cool. Swiftness. The drinker's walking speed increases by 10 feet for one hour. Mm, that's pretty good. Resilience. The drinker gains plus one bonus AC for 10 minutes. That's also solid. Yeah. Boldness. The drinker can roll a d4 and add the number roll to every attack roll and saving throw they make for the next minute. Now, that is, I like that that's one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, flight. The drinker gains a flying speed of 10 feet for 10 minutes. That's very good, too. I, I like that. It's yeah. high utility. Mm -hmm. And finally, transformation. The Yes, I get it. The transformation. The drinker's body is transformed as if by the alter self spell. The drinker determines the transformation Transformation caused by the spell and the effect lasts for so 10 minutes. Alter self is like a, like a busted version of uh, disguise self, right? Like you can kind of it's a, it's very strong. bring on some physical attributes. Like you yeah. can kind of beast shape a little bit yes exactly you can grow gills and stuff like that so like if you get to choose your elixirs and you're like popping off three or four of these transformation ones or flight ones or even boldness ones like okay that can get into like very effective territory which maybe an action is warranted yeah i can see the action being inconsequential for a lot of these as well because they seem like something you should be doing before a combat sequence if you know the combat's coming yes yeah Definitely. like okay we're gonna roll in everyone on drink this. your elixir yeah here you go buddy like, like, take your buff time to be swift yeah. or like uh, i don't know the healing one seems like we should be this is like extra healing outside of combat like okay the the action you spent on it is inconsequential for the healing one i think you definitely want that to be in the hands of a character that's incapable of healing themselves normally that's true that's just, probably it's just best hand case. it off to them yeah and then here you go you barbarian it. like when if no one else is able to get you covered with healing you have an option if you bleed a lot buddy you know what to do right yeah. drink the juice don't drink forget the juice. you always forget don't forget <laughs> drink the juice at level five you get your next feature which is called alchemical savant you develop masterful command of magical chemicals, enhancing the healing and damage you create through them. Whenever you cast a spell using your alchemist supplies as the spellcasting focus, you gain a bonus to one roll of the spell. That roll must restore hit points or be damage, or be a damage roll that deals acid, fire, necrotic, or poison damage. And the bonus equals your intelligence modifier, minimum plus one, so it's probably plus three or plus four, which is solid. Yeah. Um. Mm, that's the only thing you level five, though. Hmm. Yeah, that's. I was looking raw, for the rest. Just, just <laughs> yeah, just raw number bonuses, although can be very useful, can also not be necessarily the most fun. But I mean, it's cool. Yeah. At level nine, you get your next one. It's called restorative. Uh, is it reagents or regents? It's reagents, right? Man, <laughs> I keep getting burned on this. I would say reagents. Yeah, me too. Restorative reagents. Uh, starting at ninth level, you can incorporate restorative re reagents into some of your works. <laughs> Whenever a creature drinks an experimental elixir you created, the creature gains temporary hit points equal to 2d6 plus your intelligence modifier. That's not too shabby. Not at all. You should have high intelligence as an artificer, right? Definitely. Like, definitely. Plus three. It should be probably your absolutely main stat. Yeah. yeah. You can cast lesser restoration without expending a spell slot and without preparing the spell. Provided you use alchemist supplies as your spellcasting focus, you can do so a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. You know, let's look up the Lesser Restoration spell because it's one of those ones that I can never keep my mind on. What does it do again? Yeah, uh, like especially compared to Greater Restoration. Right, Lesser no, Restoration. Yeah. Um, you touch a creature. Oh, it's it heals a, a condition, a disease or condition. 
Okay, so um, which you... the conditions are blinded, deaf, and paralyzed or poisoned. So like some sort of like a uh, uh, physical affliction. Yeah. So how do you handle with outside of that spell? How do you handle healing those? Like getting rid of those effects. Usually they're tied to uh, spell saves, or there is a literal time limit on the effect. Yeah. So there's nothing you can really like. You could probably see the the in town cleric to have them cast this spell. Exactly. Like right. that's pretty much it. Yeah. So greater restoration, you imbue a creature with a touch of positive energy to undo a debilitating effect as well. You can reduce the target's exhaustion level by one, which is powerful, mm-hmm. or until the uh, end one of the following effects. Uh, effect of charm or petrification. Man, I'm telling you, y'all, one of you best roll a cleric in this unhallowed game we're going to run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. One curse, including the target's attunement to a cursed magic item, which, yeah, that's a big deal. Any reduction to one of the target's ability scores or one effect reducing the target's hit point maximum. I've also seen people get, like, kind of um, creative with this and restore, like, aging effects or, like, things like that or, like, a limb taken by... Like they banish a certain part of their body or yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah, I, I'm into that. I'm into that. If, if especially if that's the flavor of your campaign, you know. And I, for me, when it comes to that particular type of stuff, that and like resurrection, mm-hmm. I decide before the campaign. Like, is resurrection and 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 healing like permanent like scarring stuff? Is that going to be a thing, or am I disaligning that to get a certain sense of danger? Yeah, yeah. Um, I tend to err on the sense of danger side of things, but that's just my personal preference. And I'm always caught um, between like, oh, you magically sleep away all of your fucking cuts, like they're gone. Right. It's yeah. It's that's like the, the weirdest thing about D and D. Yeah. And isn't there an in-game explanation as to why that happens? Like the magic of the land makes getting eight hours of sleep is so fucking important we have to reflect that in our fantasy game sleep is so effective in forgotten realms it's so effective in your normal life too you want to um, like function I, cognitively well and like it's true like manage your weight and it's true i'm running on four hours right now yeah man that's tough <laughs> um i i don't know if i've ever heard the, the in-game explanation i mean you could do that in a, in a world of high fantasy that's that's easily explainable um yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird that you would say that because if I had heard it, it was most likely from you. But I don't remember ever saying this I may, is my I only might, source I of have, content. I might have suggested it as a possible explanation. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. I'm misremembering. That sounds like something I might do. All right. <laughs> let's get to the final feature for the alchemist, which is called chemical mastery. 50- Sorry, I thought we were done. No, no, we got a little more. <laughs> okay. By 15th level. You have been exposed to so many chemicals that they pose little risk to you, and you can use them to quickly end certain ailments. Uh, you gain resistance to acid damage and poison damage, and you are immune to the poison condition. At 15th level, that's not that great. No, um, you're like about seven levels too late <laughs> on that one. You can cast Greater Restoration and heal without expending a spell slot. Now, that's awesome. That is without cool. Without preparing the spell and without material components. Provided also cool. you use Alchemist Supplies as a spellcasting focus. Because at this point, why wouldn't you? All your features require the Alchemist Supplies bit. Uh, once you cast either spell with this feature, you can't cast that spell with it again until you finish a long rest. I really wish that was tied to the um, the spell casting modifier and not just once a long rest. Oh, yeah, okay. That once a long cool. rest, mm, that's... Mm. At level 15, mm. I know. Like, mm. I, What do you get as an artificer for really high levels? Probably something oh, not... at this point, I don't even probably know. Probably doesn't make up for the fact that you're level yeah. 15. Well, let us know. Let us good. know what you guys think. Are we wrong? Is this actually solid? Or are we right and this is a little lackluster? It seems like there could be some post-Tasha-style buffs to all the artificers, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe they'll but, re maybe they'll re kind of roll them out in in some book. Yeah, but before we do find out, we'll take a short rest. Shout out to Team Shout out to Shout out to 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We are back to podcasting. Indeed we are. We're back to podcasting again. We were not podcasting for like a little bit there. Yeah. But here we are. Podcasters. It feels good. Podcasters (laughs) podcasting together in our podcast studio. It's so true. Look at us. Absolutely. Capital P podcast. Capital P for for professional. (laughs) Nice. Uh, We've got characters, but support us on Patreon if you want, though. Yeah. Where these characters actually get posted. You get their character sheets for free. That's well, not true. For free. Not it's for free. Patreon, Nothing but. on Patreon is free. <laughs> but you get these at the lowest tier. All of these pre-made, usually level 8, sometimes level 6, sometimes level 11 characters. Yeah, you can support us at any monetary value, but that $5 level is where you start getting things mm-hmm. back Indeed. from us. Indeed. So am I going first? Yeah. All right. So I built a character. Her name is Arwil Adratagia. <gasps> And she is agitate, agitate, adrotagia, adrotagia, Arwell, adrotagia. Damn, I got a crazy name too. All right, let's go. (laughs) And she is an owlin, which is a race that you get from the Strixhaven book. Mm -hmm. 
It is essentially a poor man's Aarakocra, if you will. Um, oh, my God. A poor man's Aarakocra? <laughs> it's just the less good Aarakocra. Yeah, or maybe why, it's slightly better. Well, let's go over it. Yeah, so, why wouldn't you just like, because we, we reflavor the Aarakocra to be whatever, you know? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, she it's an owl in, so I just yeah. thought it was a cool look, man. I was on. Um, um, she gets dark vision because they all do. She has flight uh, thanks to your wings. You have flying speed equal to your walking speed, which is 30 feet. Um, you can't use this flying speed when you're wearing medium or heavy armor. Don't worry, she doesn't. Um, and then she also has silent feathers, which is proficiency in stealth. Nice. Okay. I guess the, the major difference is the Aarakocra have the claw attack, which she doesn't have because she's not like that. She's proficient in stealth instead. Indeed. Which, like, shouldn't you get both? Uh, you're an owl. Uh, you should have some good claws. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. I didn't make the stat block. <laughs> I just think the owl would look kind of cool. All so Arwil's right. backstory is that she is the daughter of two very, very prominent um Owl people. <laughs> uh, scientists, alchemists, uh, chemists, if you will, that worked for a major corporation in one of the biggest cities in whatever nation this happens to take place in. Um, she herself is a prodigy and a genius. And unfortunately for her, on a day that she was visiting her parents at their place of work, there was a major accident at the factory slash chemical lab. And there was an explosion where she lost both of her parents and her left arm. Oh, no. Yes. Um, rather than uh, letting that, like, keep her from from living her life, she became dedicated to two things. Number one, um, becoming as great uh, alchemist as her parents. And number two, figuring out what foul play happened on that day. Because she has enough evidence or she witnessed enough things to clue her in that this was not just an accident. This was a targeted assassination of her parents. She found a bunch of clues. <laughs> Absolutely, she did. Um, but let's get into the mechanics of her. So proficiencies. I uh, gave her sleight of hand, medicine, and glass blowers tools. Obviously, she still has uh, alchemist tools. Um, let me see here. Her infusions I chose here. Uh, repeating. Sh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, she, she has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this um, is a weird Batman Sasuke mix up, but with guns. It's like a more like a Thomas Wayne situation. Absolutely. Uh, she invented her gun, in fact, because you know she's a genius, and so she has the repeating shot magic weapon. Uh, she can also she has a perfume of bewitching of bewitching that she created. Uh, she has a homunculus servant, which I was gonna say, like, do you want to help me come up with what her her homunculus servant? It, it's like a little like clay regular owl. No, exactly. No, yeah, absolutely. Not, no. That is so weird. Yeah, and cool. <laughs> no, I thought it, it looks gonna... exactly like her. It's even missing one of its arms. No, and by the way, well, we're gonna get to the arm thing because something cool. I did something cool, but anyway, you applied Hashirama cells. No, I did oh, not. Okay. Um, you know what? We're just going to go with the homunculus servant was something she accidentally created when, with her chemistry and when she accidentally created a sentient um, Oh, like a, a unicorn toy or something like no, that? No, no, that no, no. She, no. She, she created an accidental sentient blob. Okay. A little miniature. Um, oh, my gosh. What are they called? Like Bob the Blob? Gelatinous Cube. The L is silent. But yes, like Bob the Blob. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's called Bob the Blob. It's just called Bob the L is silent. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That. Okay. Um, she has a candle of the deep. This is a fusion. Uh, what does the candle of the deep do? Let me see. Uh, That's a fun joke. Like when you're registering everybody for papers to like get on a train or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's this thing's name? Bob. You wrote Blob. Yeah. The fucking, the yellow silent. No, I wrote Bob. Yellow silent. Uh, her candle of the deep is a magical candle that continues to burn even when immersed in water. 
So she just has she has a bunch of like chemical um uh phenomenon. Like mm-hmm. she she she's invented because of her genius intellect. Wand of magic deflection, and she built her own prosthetic limb, Neat. which takes place of her left arm. Um I don't think it has any special features. It's just she built her own prosthetic limb. <laughs> Good for her. Um uh, you might as well. Yeah. I'm a, you know, we're gonna cover some more of these uh features when I actually get to the character sheet. Right now I'm going through the builder. Uh, I put her stats, she's got eight strength, eighteen dex, uh fourteen constitution, sixteen intelligence, twelve wisdom, and eight charisma. I wanted that dex high for shooting that good gun real good. Um Okay. She I chose the Quandrix student background mostly because like, yes, she went to college. Obviously it's not gonna be the Quandrix college because this is probably a different setting than Strixhaven, but I wanted like the benefits, like the arcana and the nature skills, the weaver's tools, the language, and like the fact that like she gets a the Strixhaven initiate feat. Um Yeah, because Strixhaven is a like a piece you can put in your setting you can just be there sure but my point is like she gets the benefits of like she is she is a decorated like um alumni yeah i'm just saying she could have gone to strict saving and just she you could. insert strict saving into your setting instead of vice versa right right yeah um oh okay i gave her a dragon wing light crossbow which is reflavored as a gun this thing is fucking awesome um its range is 80 to 320 feet and it does 1d8 damage of a dragon breath type of your choosing. Um, it does piercing damage, so the, the types are acid, cold, fire, um, force, lightning, necrotic, poison, psychic, radiant, or thunder. She can literally do any of those from her super magic crossbow that she created. She has a cloak of many fashions, which um, uh, allows her to change the style, color, and apparent quality of her garment. I picture this as again she made this out of a special material that like kind of does what she wants and yeah. defies physics um and she's wearing scale mail so i guess she can't fly i should really change that she's wearing robes <laughs> we'll figure out the rest later um let's actually look at the character sheet because i know i took some feats and i want to get into them okay um let me see here features and traits feats a sharpshooter Attacking at long range doesn't impose disadvantage on your range weapon attack rolls, and your range weapon attacks ignore half cover and three quarters cover. Before you make an attack with a range weapon that you are proficient with, you can choose to take a negative five penalty to the attack roll to add plus ten to the attack's damage. So she's real, real set on avenging her parents. Okay, <laughs> neat. With this awesome fucking dragon bow that she made. <laughs> That's cool. Um, is there any other feature that I think is worth mentioning? Let's see here. Um, we we covered all the experimental elixir stuff, and we've covered all the artificer stuff that all artificers get. Uh, spells. Let's see. I chose cure wounds, grease, healing word, ray of sickness, Tasha's caustic brew, uh, flaming sphere, melted arrow, web. So a lot of this is like you know chemical bombs and and that that do like crazy shit. Okay. Um, and that pretty much is it for Arwell Agitagia. Do you got any questions? Um. No, I do. I do not. Okay, have any yeah, she's Very is, cool. She's a little bit of a genius scientist, a little bit of a crazed gunman. Yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit crime fighter, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Master sleuth, kinda. Just a little bit. She's little trained bit in investigation. A, <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about your character, Brian. I will right after this short break. Okay. okay I am now ready to talk about my character. <laughs> tell me all about it. <clears throat> Him, her. I don't know. Uh, her. Okay. I, I, went with uh lady lady rabbit as well okay um oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a heron welcome verse. to the heron verse <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, my name is effluvium apparabitum 
Effluvian? Effluvium. Effluvium. Yeah. And which, was it ap- uh, aparabid? It means an unpleasant or harmful odor, oh, secretion, no. or discharge. Oh, no. Stank rabbit? <laughs> Aparabitum. Stink rabbit. Yeah, stink rabbit. <laughs> okay, tell stink us bunny. all about stink bunny. Um, so I'm a herringon. I went with the small size, which is super important. Herringons get okay. uh, speed of 30 feet. The hair trigger, which is adding your proficiency bonus to your initiative rolls. The leoprene sense, which means you have proficiency in the perception skill. The lucky footwork, when you fail a dexterity saving throw, you can use your reaction to roll a d4 and add it to the save, potentially turning the failure into a success. You can use this reaction if you are prone. Your speed is zero. Uh, and rabbit hop as a bonus action, you can jump a number of feet equal to five times your proficiency bonus without provoking opportunity attacks. You can use this trait only if your speed is greater than zero. You can use it a number of times equal to proficiency bonus, and if you regain all expended uses when you finish a spell slot. So now that we're through that, which I will continue <laughs> to do from here out, uh-huh. uh, I got level eight in artificery. Uh, the stats. Let's just go. Let's go straight over to the character sheet because I think there's nothing that I can't garner. I'm, from pull, there I'm pulling point. up your character sheet right now. Okay, we got uh, dump stat strength minus one. Took an eight. Uh, dexterity sixteen. It's gonna put me at a plus three. We're gonna go flat for con ten plus zero. Uh, sixteen. So a plus three in intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve plus one in wisdom with that proficiency with that uh, perception bonus. I didn't feel too bad about that. And then. Uh, Plus two to charisma, um, very surprising, li- very likable. Yes. Although no um, constitution, you yeah. have this tendency to dump constitution. <laughs> uh, yeah, with characters like this, it doesn't really like matter too much to me. I might switch out the wisdom with the con to give it a plus one, but I think I would just build this character as is, like okay. high dex, high intelligence. We want to go evasive with it. But okay. I took like sort of a healery route. Okay, um, cool, cool, cool. So uh, I'm surprised with Stank Bunny, you went healer. I thought for sure you're going all acid and poison. Uh, I think um, and necrotic. I think it had to do like the, with the very uh, aromatic way circumstances of the birth of this this solo rabbit. Okay, I don't know how herringons birth. Like, do they birth in litters? I would imagine they do, but I don't know. Um, no matter what the lore established is, it's uh, it was a solo birth, one baby. Mm-hmm. Stinky baby, okay. It just was a, a stinky baby. little baby, just like into all the stinky stuff too. Like as okay, they, all right. As they grew, got into like the stink, the stink stuff. Yeah, they're and, playing in the mud and then grinding it up and you know making mud pies. cloth in it and stuff. And then wow. all of a sudden they've got like you know sweet juice. Oh, and it stinks, but it it healed Benny's leg condition. <laughs> it's a miracle. Benny the bunny can walk again. <laughs> We never and thought it could be so. It's thanks to flu. We'll call her flu. Flu. I like that. Uh, that part I like. Flu. That's cute. Yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of keen to looking at the land and figuring things out uh, and coming up with concoctions and stuff off the fly. So um, I think they joined up with a uh, the background I took was um, let me go to it. Um, but clan crafter was the background what is background it's under, under description ah, description, description. Yeah. uh so as well respected uh as well respected as clan crafters are among outsiders no one esteems them quite so highly as dwarves do maybe probably joined a dwarven uh commune of some kind okay, and like studied under and learned how to uh make maps oh so i ended up taking a calligraphers uh tools and it's to help them uh, f- 
map out local areas and find locations with cool herbs and stuff. That's like, awesome. Where they can get their um, uh, material components mm-hmm. for everything that they, they can do. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the inherent way they become an artificer, mm-hmm. uh, sort of innately. Um, with these extra skills around, they can also uh, they're also proficient with brewer supplies, which I think is a cool sort of spin. Like I can make good drinks. I can make drinks that fix your legs. I can make drinks that make you see good. But none of them smell good. None of them smell good. They're all <laughs> they're all very potent, um, or at least uh, aromatic in in a strong way. Yeah, right, everything okay. everything has a potent smell. They don't necessarily have to be unpleasant. But yeah, they they're not very all pungent. offensive. Yeah. But like, I think the best stuff they make is like mm. the stuff that's gonna boost your AC and things like that. Okay, that stuff stinks. <laughs> stuff okay. smells like ass. Oh gosh. Um, I took uh proficiency in history insight medicine nature and i have the perception from being uh a heron gone um i've got the plus six initiative without any armor i'm at a 13 uh for armor class so that'll probably that could probably be a 15 easily um but yeah uh, let's see do i have anything else that i want to add to this like that's the meat and potatoes of it like we are um we're gonna lean into like the healing Mm -hmm. side of things here uh, I do have a feat that I took. Is that under features and traits? It should be the last tab Feats, under yeah. features and traits. Yeah. Um, so I have healer, which I probably in hindsight should have flipped uh, at my first proficiency bonus increase. You know, you can take feats there. Mm-hmm. I should have taken healer first instead of second because I built okay. a level eight character. What does so healer do? When you use a healer's kit to stabilize a dying creature, that creature also regains one HP. Uh, so normally it wouldn't grant HP bonus. So they would just be stable and unconscious Mm -hmm, so they mm -hmm. won't die they don't have to make saves okay um this would cause them to get up as an action you can spend one of uh the spend one use of the healer's kit to tend to a creature and restore 1d6 plus 4 hp to it plus additional hp equal to the creature's maximum number of hit dice uh the creature can't regain hp from this feed again until it finishes short or long rest so you could pretty much do your whole party as long as you have right and without using your spell slots so you still have those Right. You just need it's the like supplemental components healing. in your healer's kit. Yeah, supplemental healing. I like it. Uh, and so at level eight, I would have taken this other thing, which is a, some experiment went wrong, <sighs> and I'm telepathic now. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> you're able to speak telepathically to any creature as long as you share a language. You also learn to the detect thought spell and can cast a spell without expending a spell slot, recharging on a long rest. You can also cast this spell using spell slots you have of the appropriate level, which is second level. Um I thought that'd be really cool to have like a uh, a weird side effect from like messing around with chemicals all the time and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, I thought that'd be a really cool spin. Like you yeah, lost you I lost like an arm. I lost an arm. Yeah. Like I did a bad experiment. Now I don't know what I did to make myself mm-hmm. telepathic, but it stunk. It was so terribly <laughs> nasty smelling. As a matter of fact, you've now lost your sense of smell. That's the trade off. Uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> smell anything, but I sure can read your fucking mind. So I know something smells there bad. There we go. I like that. It's like <laughs> you're making breakfast for the party. <laughs> And everybody wakes up and, the, and all the thoughts you hear are like, oh, my God, that fucking stinks <laughs> like every it. time. It's like, yeah, I know. It's going to be yeah. delicious, though. And like, yeah, we know it's going to be delicious. That's great. I really I really like that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's flu for short, but effluvium apparabitum. I like it. Welcome you made a good character, Brian. Thanks. All right. We ready for a long rest? Uh they can make that was a reference to the uh, the fart joke I made at the very beginning of the episode. Is this this hair and gone can make your fart smell like whatever you want. It's true that she can. She probably brews good tea, too. But yeah, we're ready for a long rest. All right, let's take that long rest.
come in. Ah, Warden. It's good to see you. How are you doing this evening? Ah, Dr. Watson. I'm doing quite well. And yourself? I'm I'm doing well enough. I completed that psychoanalysis you asked for. I went down uh, to the to the bottom layer and uh, spoke with those two prisoners. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, what were their names again? They quite flag on the radar. I feel like you. Grimly and Gromley. I feel like if anybody should know their names, it's you. That's doctor, right. It, yes, it was Grim, Grimly and Gromley. Grimly and Grom. But I understand it's been a it's it's an urgent call last minute, and and you've been talking to other prisoners, as I understand it. But yes, uh, what did your uh, what was your analysis? What are the results? So, they weren't exactly the most forthcoming about their background, but from what I could glean, uh, they seem to be some sort of super fans of a podcast called The Dungeon Cast. A uh, podcast that talks about all things Dungeons & Dragons. You know the role-playing game, right? The, the one from the 80s? The demonic one? <laughs> yes, apparently. It's still around. Well, I don't know if it's demonic, but these two certainly seem know. to think so. My mother, th that it's demonic? Yes, they seem to believe that they're in contact with some sort of demonic entity known as Demogorgon. Uh, that, that, and you, it's your analysis that they truly believe this? Yes, they, they seem to be fully delusional. They, they believe they are warlocks uh, who have made a pact with some sort of demon lord that gives them power. Uh, they believe they're contacting this demon lord via their iPhones. I'm sorry, they're what? Yes, they're using Siri and thinking that it's somehow connecting them to this Demogorgon. Um, they also, they, they've drawn this symbol all over their prison here. I've taken some photos. Oh, interesting. Um, it's just kind of like a big Y shape. All right. Uh, hmm. This I honestly, I couldn't get much more information out of them. They, they seem to be confused as to why they're here. And uh, they seem to want to have access to this podcast of this. Did you find out how they keep getting those chicken nuggets? They, they, they wouldn't tell me. I did, I did ask them uh, multiple times. They, they, they would not divulge that information. It has to be one of the gods. It has to be. I, more and more of them have become quite erratic lately. Mm. Everybody except for Jeff, who just kind of always seems to do what he's told. I really like Jeff. Mm. Uh, did, were, did, were you able to interview those other prisoners as well? Uh, yes, I, I, I did. They, um, they, they also have those symbols all over their prison walls. I thought that was quite strange. Um, yeah. have they been in direct contact with this Grimly and Grumly? No, I have them on a subdivision of the prison that you've, you've seen at, at the lower levels. And, uh, despite several requests from several different guards, uh, I have not moved them. Well, uh, somehow this symbol is spreading around, uh, your, your prison warden. I'm not sure what that means, but from... Everything that I could glean, um, outside of their strange delusion, they seem fairly well sane. They don't seem to be a danger to anybody. Uh, what were they arrested for again? Uh, they avoid, uh, risk, resisting arrest, essentially, but there are some strange mm. circumstances to, to that. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to well. have to study this symbol. Uh, Quite a bit. And what of this dungeon cast? Did, did you get a chance to do any research on that, or is that just... No, I, I just, uh, I haven't I haven't downloaded a podcast app to do it, but I think I'll do that on my way home. I usually listen to Joe Rogan. Yes, I, I have heard of him. Yeah, uh, old Joe, I call him. Anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and scroll my Spotify to see... Yep, here it is. Uh, yes, maybe maybe there's something in, in their content to suggest what may be going on here. I'm not sure, but here, yeah, here, here are go. all my here. documents. It's episode 100. That that probably does. Demogorgon, you said it was. Yes, I believe that was the name they used. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Doctor Watson. That'll that'll be quite enough. Uh, I think I'm going to take matters into my own hands and speak with them myself. Yes, I I feel that is a good suggestion. 
everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. This is the part of the episode where we're just going to stop talking about artificers yeah. and the way we were. Indeed. But, like, it is the summer of. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Um, We'll be back to Fiend stuff soon. We'll always be back Quite to Fiend soon, stuff. soon, in fact. The year the Fiend will end, and we will continue on doing Fiend stuff. Probably. Yeah, that won't stop. Just like Dragon stuff didn't stop either. Can't stop, won't stop. Giant stuff kind of did stop, but that's just because we ran out. <laughs> there, yeah, there's not as much Giant stuff. They didn't have as long of a time period to create same the lore that Dragons had. Yeah. Same, same with Beholders. They have their they have their time in the limelight. They just don't write Beholder yeah. lore the way they write um, Dragon lore. And Fiend lore. And Fiend lore. Just Y'all will never guess what next year is going to be. No, you probably won't. There are three people out there who already know. Yeah. And they work for us. Indeed they do. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for... Everything you do. Yeah. Uh, we're fucking worms. And with you guys, we are actually... You lift us up yeah. above this 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 staining earth we're on prof- our bellies. We're professionals with you involved. <laughs> Without you involved, we're absolutely not. Um, anyway, uh, thanks to everybody who supports us, including those on Patreon. We really appreciate you guys. We do. Thank you so much. Uh, studio should... I don't know if we're going to get the drywall done before the next recording, but that's the goal right now. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and yeah. That's the, I, I got a new chair, like we said. Um, you did. I mean, like it's a I, secret lab chair. Yes, a secret lab chair. I bought it with my own money, but the money that you guys provided was able to free me up enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So because these mm-hmm. chairs are kind of hardcore, um, but chairs just kind of be expensive. I think life is getting expensive, Brent. Li- yeah, <laughs> inflation. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we love you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash dungeoncast where you can get episodes of this show uh, one week in advance, ad-free. You can also check us out on our social media accounts and follow us there. Uh, like if you can't support monetarily, you can also go to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube or whatever and do that thing there. Although I guess we should ask people that if you're going to go to YouTube and you don't normally just to like hit the like button... I guess YouTube hates that. Yeah, that we're not sure, but that could possibly be the reason we got demonetized for "quote unquote" invalid traffic. Right. If you're if you're not a normal YouTube viewer, but you go and you like and subscribe, but then you don't watch anything, that might smell funny to Google, and they think that we're them. illegal bot makers or something. Yeah, it's so weird that we've been doing it it's for strange. so long with no change in, in. We've never done anything, so I don't know. We didn't do anything. Yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't do anything. Google just came and took <laughs> our money. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to donate to us, like, because that was a chunk of revenue that just is gone because yeah. Google said so. Yeah. Um, I think we're landing on like the 60 day marker is coming up for that. Yeah. And that's when they're supposed to tell us if we're good boys. That That's our guess. We're guessing. Right. That uh, was a guess that I we gave We have you. done <laughs> every possible thing that we could think to do uh, to remediate this. And because uh, we want to keep making content and we're going to keep making we're going to keep putting out the YouTube video. But shit, man, like this sucks. That's how we you, the YouTube money was how we got off the ground. Yeah. And true. then we made a Patreon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now it's like, well, dude, without Patreon, like, where's our rock? Because mm-hmm. it looks like people could just fuck around with our money whenever Indeed. they want. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we're doing what we can about it. But thanks. Thanks, you guys, for your support. You're making it a lot easier. Um to to do this uh and for us to like buy lighting and cameras and stuff to make this like a really cool project that we're super proud of um so yeah thanks a lot super quest saga is on the way out the door uh that is to say that the campaign is almost finished recording we're going to be releasing those on a monthly basis from here on out just until it's done 
um, as like, a, and that's kind of working out for us because there have been some major schedule hiccups. Yeah, that some we didn't serious foresee. ones. But we're very close. I do think there's only three more episodes to record before the finale. Yeah, or, I mean, then, three more episodes is the finale, and then we'll record an epilogue. Maybe we'll see if you guys don't die. Yeah. So are we doing the rest of those in person? Um, we can. I'm open to it. Yeah, maybe we can uh, subvert some of our scheduling issues by going to and getting Freeland used to the unhallowed schedule that's going to come out, which is like once a month on the weekend. Yeah, we can. I though I do think we wanted to do the back to back, didn't we? We we want to do back to back. Maybe the fi- just the final one should be in person. Yeah. Let's. Do okay, that. we'll do yeah. that. So we are going to have an in person, and I think we should be able to handle that with yeah, our setup. That'll be fine. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. I bought a table to make things cool if you saw on youtube um the desk i had before was for free from a dude in long beach (laughs) yeah thank you Um, dude in long beach yeah thanks dude in long beach uh and i don't know fuck i mean that's good enough man thank you guys for everything we will catch you guys next episode yeah let's call it a game we'll talk to you guys later Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.